0: fusionchurch.cc slash soap, and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you folk. And uh, even though we don't have the sun outside, we have the sun, S-O-N, inside. And that's what's going to make the difference today. So I'm glad to see each of you and that we have the privilege uh, to be able to study God's Word. So before we do anything, uh, why don't we just take a minute? Uh, let's pray, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to interpret the word uh, to us as a group, but also individually today. So let's let's pray. <clears throat> Excuse me. Father, we, we thank you for a brand new day, Lord. We thank you for the potential that's in it. And Father, I thank you, uh, just reading a little while back, that We're only one breath away from the Holy Spirit quickening a verse to our spirits, which could change our entire life. Uh, So, Lord, we come today to be wide open to what you want to say to us through your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on this word, make it alive. And I pray that each of us, Lord, would be able to hear the part of the scriptures that you want to address to us personally. So, Lord, we come with an expectant heart to meet you in a fresh and a brand new way and we pray Jesus in your strong name amen amen yes I know you can raise your hands good okay here we go uh be second chronicles chapter 2 1 now Solomon decided to build a house for the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself so Solomon assigned 70,000 men to carry loads 80,000 men to quarry stone in the mountains, and 3,600 to supervise them. Then Solomon sent word to huram the king of Tyre, saying, As you dealt with David, my father, and sent him cedars, to build a house to dwell in, so do for me. Behold, I'm about to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, dedicating it to him, to burn fragrant incense before him, to set out the showbread continually and to offer burnt offerings morning and evening on Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the appointed feasts of the Lord our God, this being required forever in Israel. And the house which I am about to build will be great, for greater is our God than all the gods. But who is able to build a house for him? For the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain him. So who am I? that I should build a house for him, except to burn incense before him. And now send me a skilled man to work in gold, silver, brass, and iron, and in purple, crimson, and violet fabrics, and who knows how to make engravings to work with skilled men, whom I have in Judah and Jerusalem, whom David, my father, provided. Send me also cedar, cypress, and alum timber from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut timber of Lebanon. Indeed, my servants will work with your servants to prepare timber in abundance for me. For the house which I am about to build will be great and wonderful. Now behold, I'll give to your servants, the woodsmen who cut the timber, 20,000 two no, 20, cores of crushed wheat, 20,000 cores of barley, uh, 20,000 baths of wine, and 20,000 baths of oil. Then Horam, king of Tyre, answered in a letter and sented Solomon, because the Lord loves his people, he's made you king over them. Then Horam continued, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has made heaven and earth, who has given King David a wise son, endowed with discretion and understanding, who will build a house for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. And now I am sending a skilled man endowed with understanding, arama Abi, the son of a Danite woman and Tyron father who knows how to work in gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone, and wood, and in purple, violet, linen, and crimson fabrics, who knows how to make all kinds of engravings, and to execute any design which may be assigned to him, to work with your skilled men, and with those of my Lord David, your father. Now then, let my Lord send to his servants wheat and barley, oil and wine of which he has spoken. He will cut whatever timber you need from Lebanon, and bring it to you on Ras by sea to Joppa, so that you may carry it up to Jerusalem. And Solomon numbered all the aliens who were in the land of Israel, following the census which his father David had taken. And 153,600 were found. And he appointed 70,000 of them to carry loads, 80,000 to quarry stones in the mountains, and 3,600 supervisors to make the people work. Amen. Okay. Uh, as we look at Second Chronicles chapter 2 Chronicles uh, 2, there's four points I want to bring out uh, that, that hit me, I think that are really worth discussing and looking at. Number one is that the God we worship and serve is a big God, and I'd underline big, underline it many times. The God we worship is a very big and awesome God. Number two, because he's so big and awesome, he is worthy Of our best service. And number three, because he is such a big, awesome God, he's also worthy of our complete obedience. And four, it's important to have God's wisdom as we navigate life. It's important to have God's wisdom as we journey through this life. So, starting out right in the beginning here, we serve a Big, big, big God. And Solomon tells us that right in the beginning here. Uh, He says in chapter 2, verse 5, he says, And the house which I'm about to build will be great. And here he makes a statement about his God. For greater is our God than all the gods. In those days, there was a lot of pagan gods uh, from the different cultures. There were gods all over the place. But Solomon says, hey, our God's different than all these other gods. He is the greatest God of all. And he talks a little bit further about that God, verse 6. But who is able to build a house for him? For the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain him. In other words, God is bigger than all that he's created. And what I find very interesting is that the foreign king of Tyre, Hiram, also a pagan, realizes that same fact. Because if you look at chapter 2, verse 12, uh, listen to what Hiram continued. It says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who made heaven and earth. Who made heaven and earth. There is a uh, a Christian scholar, Uh, he actually translated the Bible at one point, his name is J.B. Phillips, and he wrote an interesting book with the title is, Your God is Too Small. And I think that's a question to ask ourselves today, just how big is our God? Because some people uh, really almost think that, that the God who made the heavens and the earth is just a little bit bigger than us. I mean, he's a human being pumped up just a little bit bigger, and that is totally off base. I think we miss truly the majesty of who God is. Uh, David, and son, got it straight. He realized how big God is in Psalm 8. Uh, basically, he starts this Psalm this way. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth, who has displayed thy splendor above the heavens. Verse 3, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou hast taken thought of him, and the son of man that thou dost care for him? So I can imagine David out there in the desert area on a dark night, and he sees stars all over and he was overwhelmed by this bigness of God and he stands in awe and wonder pondering just how big his God is i can't even tell you the statistics what astronomers say there's billions and billions of stars galaxies all over all over the heavens and now they're they're seeing objects with some of these Uh, telescopes are out in space that are way out, light light years, light years, light years. The universe is absolutely gigantic, Uh, and God knows every one of those little stars. And what's amazing is he keeps all those stars in place, or we'd be having crashes all over throughout the universe, and yet he he holds the stars in place. And not only did he make the heavens, uh, but they're acknowledging he made the earth, now you think about the earth he made all the different kind of trees that we see. He made all the different kind of flowers, all kind of flowers if you go to certain places you'll see the variety. He's made all kind of animals, all kind of birds that fly in the sky, all kind of fish that are in the waters. And he made human beings. <clears throat> I checked this morning For the latest stats, there are now 8.1 billion human beings on this planet. That's a lot of people. And what's amazing to me is out of that 8.1 billion people, the Lord knows each one by name. He knows you by name. 8.1 billion, and he knows everyone by name. In fact, not only does he know everybody by name, uh, we're told very clearly, That he even knew us in our mother's womb. And let me give you a a little bit more that's so special to me. Uh, In Psalm 139, we hear this. David says, This, O Lord, thou search me and know me. Thou dost know when I sit down, when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my line down. Thou art intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. Right now, 8.1 billion people, and God knows exactly where they are on the planet. He knows whether they're lying down, whether they're sitting, whether they're walking. I mean, how can any being know all that data simultaneously? And not only does he know every little detail about your life and mine, he has a specific plan for everybody on this screen and everybody that's walking the earth. He has a plan. Amazing. And we're going to look at, as we get to the fourth point, not only does he have a plan, but he wants to show you what that plan is for your life so you can live it out for his glory and for his honor. And not only does he know all this stuff, uh, he knows how we interact with each other and how that all fits in. And just one other thing is, by the way, there's no duplicates. We know very clearly that that there are fingerprints. And there's not one set of identical fingerprints out of 8.1 billion people. So you folks are absolutely, totally unique. I hope you feel that. So don't ever try to be somebody else. Be who God made you to be. But just realize he is one. Big, 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 awesome God. And I think we need to realize that his ways go way beyond our tiny little finite mind. His ways are so big, uh, and we can't limit him by our human understanding. So all I can encourage us today is just keep getting deeper and deeper into God. Seek to know him more and more and more. And you're never going to get to the end of it here. And I believe many Bible scholars believe when we get to heaven, that even when we get to heaven, we're going to for forever, just God's going to keep saying, let me show you some more. And he pulls the drapes apart and says, let me show you more of who I am and more and more. So we can begin this journey here just saying, Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I want to get to know you more. Holy Spirit, open my mind and my heart to see how big and beautiful you are and that we can worship him in new and beautiful ways. So that's point one. The God we serve is a big, big, beautiful, awesome God. Number two, because he is so big and beautiful, he deserves our best service. I want you to see when uh, Solomon is building the temple, that he, he's just not going to go build some kind of a, a shack for, for God. Uh, but he wants to build a temple that is worthy of this gigantic, beautiful God. Now, he doesn't just want to build any building. He wants to build a building that will honor his God. If you look at verse uh, 9, chapter 2, 9, he says, um, to prepare temporal and abundance for me, for the house which I'm about to build will be great and be wonderful. So, So, if Solomon says, I want to Build a house that's worthy of my God, and it needs to be great and wonderful. And what I hear him say is, "I want to give God my best." And you might say, well, "You know, what's this had to do with you and I?" You know, you and I don't have to go build a temple. <laughs> that's way back there. So, so what? What's the implication for us? I think the implication is that we can give God our very best. Uh, and, and not give him just part of our hearts, but give him our whole heart. And there's a neat scripture. Uh, you've heard this one before, Matthew 22, 37. And here's what the Lord says. You shall love the Lord your God. What's it go? With what? All, all, by part, all your heart. You'll worship him with all your soul. And with all your mind, it's all, all, all. In other words, as we want to serve God, we're to give him all our entire life. So what's that look like? Well, I think that means we give him our time. So when we wake up, you woke up today, I woke up, is our attitude, okay, it's today, let's see what I'm going to do, and let me be about my business, i.e., my plans. That's one way to go at it your day, or another way to go out and say, Lord, this is your day. It's not my day. It's your day. Lord, what do you want me to do as I journey through this specific day? So I think it's the way to start the day of God. You got every part of me. Lord, it's your day. Help me track with you so that whatever you want, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to follow you in every way I can. So that's something, each each part of the day, because it's so easy to start the day. I have my devotions, then I can grab the day back to me, and I go about my merry way, versus all through the day, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that's what Jesus, he lived that way. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So all day long, Jesus is wide open and saying, Father, just show me the next thing, and I'll do it. So if we're going to serve him well, we need to do it with all our hearts. And that means with our time, it means we also need to serve him with all our talents and our giftings. Every one of you on the screen, everybody outside of here, God's given everybody talents and giftings, and we need to discover what those are. And I don't think God's playing hide and go seek. If you genuinely want to know how he's wired you up, you can say, God, show me. What are my gifts? What are my talents? Where do I get excited? Where do I have passion in my life? Too many people serve God not in their talents, but just kind of grinding it out. And ideally, our profession uh, that we do shouldn't be just to make money. It should be to kind of say, Lord, where's the talent? And let me use that in my profession to bring you glory and honor. So we serve God with, with our whole heart, with our time, with our talents, our gifts. And we're to deserve him financially. Uh, I believe biblically that means at a minimum we're to give him our tithe, ten percent of our income, and ideally to give him more than just our tithe, but our offerings extra. And basically, our, our our money says a lot about us because I think where our money is is where our heart is, and if our heart's serving the Lord, then I think we're going to want to give financially. It won't be like God has to pry it out of us, but that. It'll be an overflow of our service. So we serve a big God. Uh, He's asking for our full commitment uh, because of who he is and because what he's done. God, the Father, has sacrificed his son. I mean, the no bigger, bigger sacrifice. Think about it if you're a father, sacrificing your son to die. uh, That's amazing. So we have a father that is given all the son jesus took on flesh there's a mind blower let alone he was infinite and jesus gets into this little baby's uh body uh and he takes on flesh but not only does he take on flesh he actually dies on a cross for your sins and mine the ultimate sacrifice and even the holy spirit has to live in a. he's called the holy spirit but he has to live in this world and it sure doesn't look very holy to me sometimes so, God has given his all to us, and because he's given his all, the least we can do, the least we could do is give him our all, that we can bring him maximum glory and maximum honor. Okay, we serve a big, big God, and because he is so big, he's our creator, our redeemer, we owe him, I believe, our best service. But another spinoff on that, because of who he is, I believe we owe him our obedience and the details of our lives. He is loving. He's good. He's wise. He's sovereign. We could go and list all the different attitudes and attributes of who God is. But basically, uh, he's a God that also wants us to bring him in to the details and obey him. Uh, it says here, I find this interesting, chapter 2, here where we are, look like at verse 4. Solomon says this, Behold, I'm about to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, dedicating it to him, to burn fragrant incense before him, to set out the showbread continually, to offer burnt offerings morning and evening, on Sabbaths, and on new moons, and on the appointed feast of the Lord I God. Here is the key thing. This being required forever in Israel. Solomon made sure to carry out all the commands of the Lord. And all these things, you know, about the the offerings were to be done just the right way on the sabbath, on the special uh new moons, the feasts. This being required forever. So so Solomon Studied the word of God and he found out what the word of God said, what God's will was, and then he sought to obey it. And that's a big deal for us. And thank God for you folks, you get up early. I mean, I don't feel like getting up always this early of the day, that's for sure, but you're getting up, thank the Lord. And I see some of you may have a cup of coffee, which I've already had. to kind of get me alive. I see Melanie there with her cup of coffee. <laughs> so so basically, uh, thank God you're up because you're studying the Word. You're hungry. Uh, and ideally, we just don't do a soap and say, okay, good deal. I'm done. I've done myself. I'm cool. But to take more extended times to open the Word of God, to find out what's in it, but not just to find out what's in it, but then to put it into practice. And that was the heart of Solomon. He read the word, but then he wanted to put it into action. And I think that's where many of us miss it as Christians. We can read the word. We can cross out the soap, but the question is, am I doing what God asked me to do in the word? Do I take it seriously? Am I seeking to be obedient? Um, there's a verse In Deuteronomy, let me pull it up here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and if you look at Deuteronomy 6, 17, 18, this is what the Lord says. You should diligently, that's a key word, you should diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. And diligent means means like I'm really endeavoring to do this. You shall diligently keep them. Uh, verse 18, you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. And by the way, the Lord says, hey, if you do this, there's something positive here. That it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land, which the Lord swore to your fathers. So I can't tell you how many times on these soaps, We've talked about the idea of obedience. I mean, over and over. I could quote you scriptures. Go go, open a concordance and look at the word obey, obedience, uh, do, whatever. It's over, all over. So, again, the challenge to you and I today is, do we take seriously what God said? Am I seeking? Are you seeking to put into practice what we read in the Word and in the hope? That's a big deal. When the soap ends, when Pastor Brendan's sermon ends, the question is, do we just say that was a nice study, or do we say, hey, I've learned something, now I need to put it into everyday practice? Big, big deal. Big deal. So, obedience is really important. Why? Because God is worthy of our obedience. We're worthy of our obedience because, number one, he tells us to do it. That should be enough. If he says, obey me, that should be enough. Uh, He's worthy of it also uh, because he has a right to say that. But here's something even better. He's worthy to obey because we love him and we want to please him. I I love that. Why do obey? because I love him. I want to please him. Think about this. I can bring, you can bring God joy by your obedience. By the way, we affect God. He feels, you know, we're human beings. We react with other people. We have reactions to people. Think about it. You can bring God joy or you can bring God sorrow by the way you and I act. And obviously in the world, there's a lot of sorrow that God's Experiencing because people are blowing him off, they're ignoring him, they're doing their own thing. Uh, God's sorrow and all the craziness that's going on over there in Israel, people being killed. He don't want that. He doesn't want the Ukraine stuff. So by your obedience, you literally put a smile on God's face. So my thought here would be: Are you being obedient because you see God as a slave driver with a whip? and you're fearful. And, you know, if I don't obey, I'm going to get a lightning bolt because I know some people, because of the way they've been raised, have been taught to fear God. And if I don't obey, I'm going to get it. I don't think that's the attitude the Lord wants. I think he wants us to be able to obey him because, Lord, I can bring you joy as I obey you, and I can bring you glory and honor. So, I think we need to ask ourselves, like, why? Why is it uh, that we would seek to obey the Lord. And the last point, uh, it's important, I believe, that we have God's wisdom as we journey through this life. I ble- I don't know how many thousands of decisions. You think about it in a lifetime, if we have a full life, thousands upon thousands, we're making decisions all the time, every day. A decision to do this, a decision not to do that. Some decisions are big decisions, some are little ones. But the important thing uh, is that to make the right decisions, and I think that's what we would want, to make the right decisions, um, we're not going to be able to do that with just human wisdom and human understanding. We need wisdom from above. We need wisdom from above. Uh, You think about it. I loved Solomon. If you flip back, to 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Listen to what Solomon prays. He's put in a new position. He's fairly young. Here's his prayer to God. Second Chronicles 1, verse 10. Give me now wisdom and knowledge, that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can rule this great people thine? And God said to Solomon, because you have this in mind, you did not ask for riches, wealth, or honor, or the life of those who hate you, nor have you asked for long life, but you have asked yourself wisdom, and knowledge that you may rule my people, over whom I made you king, wisdom and knowledge have been granted to you. Solomon realized he needed God's wisdom to rule the people. And I think we need to realize on our everyday life, that we need wisdom from above, and here's some good news. God is willing to give you the wisdom you need to make good choices. Uh, Let me give you a verse here. Uh, This is in James chapter 1 and verse 5. Here's what the Lord says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, okay, we're all in that boat sometimes, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men, not just men, women, uh, generously. So this is a statement for anybody on the screen. God says, if you lack wisdom, ask me to give you wisdom. And he said, I will, will do that. I mean, think about it. It only makes sense if God created you, if God has a plan for you, and you say, God, give me wisdom. He goes, nope, you figured out on your own. It makes no sense. If God has a plan, then obviously he wants to show you what the plan is so you can walk in the plan and experience his peace and joy in the journey. Uh, there's some neat verses. I'm going to give you two verses, and these, you know, sometimes we do soaps. And we cover large periods uh, of the scriptures. Uh, But sometimes I think it's important maybe not to do a chapter, but maybe take a verse or two and chew on it and meditate on it and digest it so it comes alive. So let me give you two scriptures I think that I would encourage you as we get off the screen to ponder these, to pray over these. Maybe not just today, but think about it for a week or so. But these verses, I think, can build an assurance in us that God indeed wants to lead me in a a full understanding of his plan for my life. So, the first one is Psalm 32 and verse 8 and 9. Now, listen to this. So, this is not just for Psalm, and this is for any Christian. So, God says to you and to I this verse. Not just For the people back in the Bible days, this is for you. So listen to what he says here. This is God speaking to you personally this morning. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I mean, a lot of times we don't have a clue. What's the way? Lord, what do you want? You know, what's going on? Should I go forward, backwards, stop, wait, whatever? And God says this, and he's saying it to you personally and me. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. Now, listen to this next verse. I love it. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. It's almost a picture that God's looking down at us. He's eyeing each of us individually, and he's looking at me, and he says, I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. Like, I I, want to give you counsel, but there's a condition God said, I'll do this. But then he says, hey, for you to receive my guidance, you got to have the right attitude in your heart. And he says this. He says, don't be like the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. So the Lord basically says, okay, uh, don't be like a horse. Don't run ahead of me. Don't just, you know. Get decisions and I'm gonna make a decision. Boom, 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 and away we go. And we don't even get God into the mix. He said, Don't be like a horse that run ahead. And he says, Don't be like a mule. You ever seen a mule? They're stubborn. They sit on their butt and they won't move. And he says, You know, I want to guide you, but you're sitting like a mule and you're just stubborn and you don't want to hear what I had to say. So here I just challenge all of this, me included, take that verse and listen to it over to God gets it from your head into your heart and spirit. God says to us, I will instruct you, and I'll teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That's good news as you're journeying through life. And I want to give you one other one that you can ponder and meditate on. It's found in Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6. Again, this verse is for you. It's for me proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 it says this trust in the lord with all your heart okay we looked at that before he says love me with all your heart well here it is trust in the lord with all your heart do not lean on your own understanding in other words he's saying here our under our human understanding is limited it's small so don't trust in just your own human abilities to make decisions Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Here it is: in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Or it would be translated, He will direct your steps. In all your ways acknowledge Him. All day we're making decisions. All day, da, 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 this that, and I hear what the Lord says: in all your ways acknowledge. Him. In other words, when you're moving forward, making decisions, acknowledge Him. Just go. Don't run ahead and do your own little deal and leave the Lord in the dust, in all your ways, as you, you hit that, that road, and it begins to go to the right or left, and you're making decisions, in all your ways, you're not, okay, Lord, I'm doing, what do you think? Should I do this? Should I do that? Don't get hyper, either. You can drive yourself nuts. Like, you know, what cereal do I get this morning? Cheerios, or whatever they are. You can go nuts with that. But I just basically saying, in the overall, Lord, basically, I acknowledge, Lord, you as I make decisions. Thank you that you're going to lead me and guide me. So I think it's a great chapter. Uh, We have a big God, and he's so big and beautiful. We owe him our best service. We owe him our worship. Uh, We owe him the ability uh, to obey him. And what better way to learn to obey him uh, than to seek his wisdom? In the scriptures uh, seek his wisdom as we listen to the Holy Spirit uh, to seek his wisdom as we get counsel from other people so good scripture now the next thing is what are we gonna do with it we've studied it now the challenge for each of us is to digest it and now to put it into action so let's pray father I want to thank you for each of my brothers and sisters Thank you for a chapter that's rich and just lifting up how big and great you are, Lord. I pray for each of us that you would expand our understanding of how big you are. Uh, To to think, Lord, there's 8.1 billion people, and you know us by name, and we're absolutely unique, and you have a plan. I pray, Lord, that you would help each of us to discover that unique plan you have for us. There's a, a unique plan for everybody on this screen, Lord. And even as we ended, Lord, you want to give us the wisdom and the knowledge to find out what that plan is, and you want to give us the ability and the grace to carry that plan out. Uh, So, Father, we thank you uh, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through our lives. Lord, help us to serve you, uh, Lord, not just because of fear, but, Lord, because we love you and we want to please you and we want to honor you, Lord. So Father, thank you for what you're going to do today. Uh, We acknowledge, Lord, this is not our day. Uh, We're not going to get off the screen and just go run around doing our own little deal. Lord, help us to acknowledge you that it's your day and help us to stay in tune with you, Lord, throughout the day, that you would be the lead and that we would seek to follow you. So Father, we thank you and we just pray these things in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Great. Good to see you, folks. Have a great day, and may the Lord lead you and guide you, every single one of you. Amen.